Hello, hello, hello. We are back with What Was Media. This is our 21st episode. You got Alyssa and you got Annabelle here for our unexplained absence. But now we're legally obligated to drink. Not obligated, but we're allowed. Because this is our 21st episode? Yeah. So does that mean we were supposed to vote three episodes ago and join the military? Yes, but it was an off year, so we didn't. But we will be doing so in the upcoming election because everybody see. needs to vote. Correct. Yes. Exercise that uh, that right there. Um, so we apologize for our unexplained absence. I was on another vacation where I did not have internet or cell service. Annabelle was out in the great wilderness of the Americas. I was. I was in Yellowstone in the Grand Tetons for several Ooh. days. Um, and Token jeans? The Tetons. I wish I, it was the I know. I just thought that would have been cool. Cute. <laughs> little, little survivor reference there. I promise um, I know geography. <laughs> but we're back this week. Um, so, Alyssa, what have you got on the docket for us? Today, we're going to be talking about Netflix's newest production that is coming out. They just released the casting for the four main characters, and we'll get into which show it is in the future. Okay. And other than that, the Video Music Awards. Uh, made by MTV, I should say, um, have announced their nominees for this year. So we're going to go over who we think is going to win. And I made sure to make it easier for Annabelle and not just have to go off my auditory cues. So I made a list this time and she has it. So yes, thank you. I'm so here for this. Um, my stories, I got one about our, uh, our favorite fair weather financial company, Robin hood. Um, they went public. They made their big debut and they made it official. So we're going to. Was their call sign hood? It is. (gasps) Are you? Yeah, it is hood. That's their, that's their ticker symbol. Oh my gosh. I got so excited. I got egg in my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to get into what happened with their IPO. Um, and then my second story is we have always said we're not going to talk too much about COVID on this podcast, but as the pandemic wears on and on, it seems to be somewhat inevitable. So I was about to say it becomes a point where it has to be addressed in some small portion. So yeah, it's not really something we can just ignore, although it's probably something most of us would like to ignore, but some of us are, we got to be safe. So yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to ignore it. Um, So we're going to talk about how vaccination rates have actually gone up a little bit. They had tapered off for a while, but they've been going up because the Delta variant is raging. So everybody here hates Delta. Delta, everybody here everybody loves here Delta, Delta B. That was so creative. I love that. Thanks, that you babe. just did a little ode to um, Eugene Rush. <laughs> All right, so I'll get us started here. Um, my first story is the Robin Hood of retail. <gasps> Investors. Um, so <laughs> Robinhood Financial has gone public as of a couple of weeks ago. They IPO'd on the NASDAQ at $38 a share. And as Alyssa previously stated, their ticker symbol is hood, which I love. That probably goes up there for me with, um, some of my favorite ticker symbols. My other favorites include cake, which is cheesecake factory symbol, ah! along with woof, which is Petco's. Yes. So those are my Remember current, that those are my two current favorites, Robin Hood with Hood, top three for me right now. Maybe we'll do a power ranking someday of my favorite ticker symbols. Oh, I love that actually. Can we do yeah? that? Yeah. Okay. Maybe for twenty five. 
Oh, then we'll be able to legally uh, rent a car. Correct. Mm -hmm. And get an Airbnb without being questioned or having somebody sign off for us. Truly. Not like we ever did that in college. What? Um, (laughs) They don't need to know our business like that. For legal purposes, this is a joke. So back to Robin Hood. They had their, they did not go public with a direct listing or a SPAC. Those are things that we previously talked about on this podcast. They did the traditional route. They're traditional people over at Robinhood. Not really, but they went the traditional route for an IPO. So they did a roadshow that was open to the public, um, which is a they little bit different. They have antiques. Yeah, <laughs> antique roadshow. <laughs> I only care about roadshows if they have antiques. If involved. they have antiques involved. No, no antiques here. Um, but they did do the traditional IPO process, but instead of just opening their roadshow to you know, banks and other big institutional investors, they opened it to the public. So that was kind of exciting. Um, Very cool. The roadshow stuff with most companies going public usually happens behind closed doors. They're not normally open to all people. Um, but Robin's Ho- Robinhood's whole goal from their get-go has been to kind of democratize investing and trading, quote unquote. And they tried to keep that same mentality with their initial public offering. Um, and most people who use Robinhood are just kind of normal average Joes without really finance training or trading experience. They just sort of want to get their feet wet and in investing, or maybe they have like some stock ideas and this is kind of a good way for them to do it because it's an easy to use platform and it doesn't require any sort of previous experience. So me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Full disclosure, I am not a Robinhood user because I'm not allowed to use it. Um, the company I work for does not allow day trading. And even if I did not day trade, I would have to get quite a few forms signed off to use Robinhood. And that's just more trouble than I want to go through. So I don't use it, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I've done plenty of research on the on the company. So full disclosure there. Um But it is a good app for people who have been, you know, just kind of interested in investing a little bit. Right now, Robinhood has 22.5 million funded accounts, which is quite a lot. So a lot of little retail investors on there doing their thing, getting their trade on. A lot of critics of Robinhood say that it kind of encourages investors to take risks that they don't necessarily understand. And that, I guess, is the flip side of kind of democratizing investing. It's trying to bring power to the people, but potentially at the people's expense, which as we talked about several months ago with kind of all the the craziness with GME and stuff like that and Robinhood having to block the trading and stuff like that, um, you know, Robinhood kind of came under fire for that and had to testify. So they're definitely not without their flaws. Um, But with going public, Robinhood has really encouraged investors to do the research and you know, that their platform is not necessarily more risky than any other platform. It just provides an easier option for people who don't have the time or the resources to kind of do the fancy traditional stuff. And typically when companies go public, just a little background on IPOs, um, companies going public, they want their shares to go into funds that have a lot of money and appetite for a lot of shares. So basically big index funds or funds that track certain sectors of the economy, those are typically clients that IPO companies want their shares to go to, but because Robinhood is for the people, that's really where they wanted their shares to go, which was kind of cool. Um, almost like a crowdsourcing type of IPO in a sense. 
So that was pretty cool. They have reserved 10% of their IPO shares to be held by individual investors. So that's a pretty significant chunk, which is exciting. Um, again, not something we've seen in previous IPOs. And it's a good thing because getting in on day one of a company when they start trading on a stock exchange, that is the potential for a huge upside and a big gain in your portfolio. That's where you can make a lot of money because a lot of times, not always, um, because obviously stocks are likely to decline just as much as they are to rise, depending on what happens with the company and the market's perception of it. But when you get in at the ground level, that is generally speaking, at least for the near term, that's typically the cheapest you can get a stock at. And then it tends to go up from there. So okay, getting okay. in on the ground floor is important because that is where a lot of money can be made. A stock usually pops up a lot from its offering prices on the first day it trades. So yeah, um, it is good that 10% of the shares have been set aside for retail investors on Robinhood's platform. Robinhood has decided that they are going to sell up to 35% of its IPO shares to Robinhood specific users. And part of the reason there's like some scrutiny in the finance world about this is because traditionally retail investors can be very unpredictable and lead to price volatility, cough, cough, GameStop. Um, so ten, when banks and other big financial institutions tend to invest in IPOs, there's, there's still going to be a little bit of volatility just because the stock just hit the market, but you know, it'll, it'll be a little bit less wild of a swing than it is when average people who have their emotions, honestly, tied into it, get involved. So there's been some speculation here. Um, and if that's actually a good thing for Robin Hood or not, because there's likely to be some wild swings, but there's been a lot of, you know, research into who is on Robin Hood and what their goals are, people who use Robinhood. And a lot of people who are on the app, they really aren't just trying to day trade. They want to invest in companies that they believe in, which is, you know, generally one of the pillars of investing is that you want to get behind companies that you understand their business model and you can support them and you're okay with everything, most of everything that they do. Um, so they kind of believe that a lot of the volatility won't be there because Robinhood investors who invest in Robinhood believe in Robinhood as a platform and as a company. So obviously, obviously, yes. So this is kind of an important threshold with this IPO to see how companies going forward will treat retail investors because they can be dismissed a lot of the time. It's a little snobby. People are trying to gatekeep finance. Robinhood is trying to change that. So how is it going so far though, now that it has gone public again, under the ticker symbol hood, um, so the target share price when it first IPO'd was $38 a share, which is a $32 billion valuation, not too shabby. Okay. Um, so it is now on the first day of trading, it dropped about 9% to $34.75 a share, um, which is roughly a $30 billion valuation. Um, and founder and CEO Vlad Tenev has supported kind of the meme stock trading because okay they kind of helped keep a lot of businesses afloat, you know, like AMC and GameStop, as we talked about. Um, so Vlad Tenev is not worried about, he was not worried about that initial decline in the stock price. He, he knows it'll go up from there. He's not worried about it. He trusts his user base and he was right to do so, at least so far. As of right now, it is up 
55 percent <laughs> since it wow. started. yeah so not too bad at all um so kind of my take on all of this is Robinhood has incentivized is incentivized to support trading meme stocks and working with retail investors and I think we need to give some credit to retail investors. I think it's very easy for the finance world to dismiss these people as not knowing what they're doing or, oh, they're just lurking in Reddit. They're not actually doing real research. They don't have access to the same, you know, information sources like Bloomberg terminals and things like that. But I think we need to give retail investors some credit. Um, We really don't know what they've been looking at. We don't know where their sources are from. So that's not to say that they don't have them, like they very well do. And people are very motivated by money and people are very loss averse. So if people are putting their money into a company, they've probably done their research, they've probably done their due diligence and they do you know, support the company and its goals. And that's why they've chosen to buy it. I would so I think we so. need to, yeah, I would hope so too. <laughs> so I think you can trust, you know, retail investors to do their own research and that they're smart enough to kind of determine the risk levels that they're okay with. And money lost, I mean, that's just kind of a sign of investing. Like it's going to happen. You're going to make money. You're going to lose money. And hopefully if people have lost a lot of money, it'll motivate them to not be quite so like reckless or just jumping on a bandwagon for a meme stock or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. I kind of think that money and gains that are made on trading, it really should be for everybody and not just the banks and for rich people. I think investing really is for everybody. And I do like that Robinhood has given people a platform to kind of start small um, and has reserved a lot of their shares for retail investors. So Robinhood, while not without its flaws, I think is ultimately a good company. I like their mission. And um, yeah, we... We're excited to see what happens with Robinhood now that it's on the public forum of the NASDAQ. Heck yeah. Steal from the rich and give to the poor. Hence the name Robinhood. Hey. All right. Get ready. Get my hair on my face. I have actually titled my first story today um, in honor of Annabelle. And it oh, is, really? Yeah, I gave it a title. What is it? It is titled, We Have Found the Avatar. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because as many of you might know, maybe you don't, but let me tell you about it anyways. In September of 2018, Netflix announced it would be producing a live actioning, quote, reimagining of the Avatar The Last Airbender series and the world went wild. Now, for those of you like Annabelle, who lived under a rock between 2005 and 2008. Avatar The Last Airbender originally aired on Nickelodeon during those dates, and it is widely regarded as one of the best animated shows in recent history, at least. It won a hell of a ton of Annie Awards. It is very widely praised just for character development, storylines, representation. It's wonderful. Um, I would also like to give a shout out to the man who must not be named that I started a conversation with on Hinge recently, squarely around Avatar The Last Airbender. Did you actually? Yes. I'm here for it. Yeah. We had, ver- we had the same opinions about Zuko. So anyways, now in 2010, M. Night Shyamalan produced a film 
version of Avatar The Last Airbender, but it was just called The Last Airbender. And it was in... (laughs) In an uno reverse of the animated show, it was widely panned by critics and fans due to inauthentic casting and poor storylines and just basically not translating well to the original work. And it is also widely regarded as one of the worst films ever made by like actual critics. Like this isn't just like fanboy culture being like, you didn't do it justice. Like it is highly considered one of the worst films ever made. All right, then. Well, yeah. that's uh, that's some harsh criticism. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan has a couple of really, really fire hits and then some, several misses. He No, he's very hit or miss. Like, um, old, the movie that's currently out right now. That gives um, me the creeps. Just the trailers for it. I'm like, ugh. Fun fact, uh, my parents recently went on vacation by themselves well deserved and they went to see that movie without realizing what it was about really they didn't realize it was a horror film no like literally i was like oh what'd you guys go see at the movies today and my mom was like oh my god Alyssa, let me tell you we went to go see this film called old and i was like (laughs) you were like deborah why did you do that literally i was like you know it was a horror film she was like i did not but now i know better than to trust those teenagers behind the counter at the movie theater (laughs) that's my mom I love her um so obviously with the criticism of M. Night Shyamalan's live action version of Avatar The Last Airbender some people were very critical about what Netflix planned to do with the series now it was originally slated to begin production in 2019 but that got pushed back even before the pandemic um became an issue but Michael Dante DiMartino, as well as Brian Konetsko, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing your last name right, sirs, but they are the OG showrunners for Avatar, and they were actually brought onto the project at Netflix as showrunners and executive producers. And they made it their goal. They, they made an announcement, obviously, to create this show, quote, with a culturally appropriate, non-whitewashed cast. Because Stanley, get down. <laughs> Sorry. The main issue that a lot of people had with M. Night Shyamalan's version was all the main characters, save for Zuko, were white. And this is a show that I'm going to get into later, but it heavily borrows from Asian culture. So you should at least have the main characters be of Asian descent, some type of Asian descent. And it was, it was interesting because Dev Patel actually played Prince Zuko and he is Indian. So he is technically Asian, but I'm referring to the individuals that played Aang, Katara, and Sokka. Like you had Jackson Rathbone from Twilight out here. You had Nicola Pelt from Bates Botel. And the kid that played Aang claims to have Native American heritage, but obviously, you know, like I ain't getting a DNA test up in this bitch. So I don't know that for sure. Also in, sorry, I'm going to move on. I promise. But in the film, they called the main character Ong, which technically speaking is a more accurate pronunciation of how that name would be portrayed in Asian culture. But it's just so weird that you know, you you go from calling him Ang to calling him Ong. If you're going to adapt a TV show, I don't understand why you wouldn't take the 
fundamental parts of the show, like the names of the characters. And obviously they didn't change the name itself, just the pronunciation. And I understand maybe wanting to adapt it to cultural norms, but yeah, that, that I feel like would be a little jarring if you expected the main character to be Aang and then you walk into the film and they start calling him Ong. Exactly, yes. And so also on the project, the OG show composer, Jeremy Zuckerman, was brought on to the Netflix project, which is really cool because I don't feel that Avatar, you know, it got so much praise in so many other areas, but I feel like no one ever really like talked about the music. The music and the score for this show is wonderful. Go check it out if you haven't listened to it. Um, now, about a year ago, on August 12, 2020, Martino and Konetsko both revealed that they had departed the show due to creative differences. And they, like, wished the people all good luck. I don't believe it was in bad blood that their departure. They were just like, you know, we have different views right now. And maybe you guys can do with it what you will. And we'll see how it goes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In February of this year, Albert Kim was reported to have been brought on as the new showrunner, and he has worked on Sleepy Hollow and Nikita, if anyone is familiar with those two shows. Lovely woman that plays the main role in Nikita. She is one of the most gorgeous individuals I've ever seen in my entire life. I believe her name is like Susie Q, but she is so beautiful. Anyways, now- Her name is actually Susie Q. That's her like show name, I believe, or her like stage name, I believe. Let me check just in case. Or maybe it's Maggie Q. Yeah, Maggie Q, not Susie Q. Sorry, yeah. that's- That'd be a little too on the nose. But. Too on the nose, but she is so pretty and I never get over that. So now on the recent casting news, we have- a um, quote from Mr. Kim, and he says, quote, a live action version would establish a new benchmark and representation and bring in a whole new generation of fans. This was a chance to showcase Asian and indigenous characters as living, breathing people, not just in a cartoon, but in a world that truly exists, very similar to the one we live in. Now, exactly, I love that quote. Now to present day, it has recently been announced like within the last week, that the four main characters have officially been cast. So let's go over them, shall we? Now, the young gentleman that will be playing Aang, his name is Gordon Cormier, and he has appeared in Paramount Plus's The Stand, the Stephen King adaptation. He has been in Get Shorty, and he has been in two sentence horror stories, which I've heard about, but I haven't watched. Honestly, I need to. I love those kind of things, like two sentence horror stories. Like that just shows how powerful you can be with just words. Playing Katara, we have Kiyan Teo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She is an indigenous woman. She's actually been in a very recent movie called Beans, which showcased the Oka crisis in Canada during the 1990s. And the only reason I know about this movie is I recently started watching the show on Hulu called Reservation Dogs, not Reservoir Dogs. And it's about a group of Native American teenagers in Oklahoma, kind of just acting as vigilantes for their community because it's like in disrepair so I've heard about it before I read this news because of a lot of the kids from Reservation Dogs also being in this film so shout out to that show it's um co-written by Taika Watiti and it actually stars native people so check it out Kyoateo 
once again, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I'm so sorry. Has also been in Anne with an E, which is another Netflix production. And Rutherford Falls, which I believe is an Apple TV thing. It's like- I think a, you're right. It's a, it's a streaming service thing. Or no, it's on Peacock. It's on Peacock. But I've heard really great things about Rutherford Falls. That's got like Ed Helms is in it. Mm-hmm. There's- so many cool people involved in that production. Um, Ian Owsley or Weasley. I'm so sorry. I should have looked up the pronunciations. He will be playing Sokka and he has most recently been in 13 Reasons Why. Sorry for your loss and has made a guest appearance on Young Sheldon. Very nice. And now this is my most favorite character that has been announced. Like Annabelle kind of knows how I feel about Prince Zuko, but I don't think she really understands how I feel about Prince Zuko. Was he like your awakening as a kid? One of them, one of of many. But um, fun fact, we, me and um, our mutual friend, Hannah actually showed Annabelle Avatar for the first time last summer when it originally got put on Netflix, so. That's correct. I did not watch it as a kid because my mother, was insistent that I only watch A, PBS Kids, and B, Disney Channel, because those shows did not have advertisements. That's fair. Disney Channel only had advertisements for their own content. Content. Like other stuff on Disney Channel. Because they're rich enough to do that. She didn't want me begging for like toys or sugar cereal, which is actually kind of smart. It is. In hindsight, I missed the Avatar train because Mm -hmm. it was on Nickelodeon, so... Woo woo! So, so it was Kim's fault. It wasn't really my fault. <laughs> Blame it all on Kim. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we showed her like I believe we watched all the way up until the season one finale, or did we even get to the finale? We watched a majority of season one. The majority of it. I have an important question about casting though. Before you get to Prince Zuko, of course, absolutely. Who is playing my boy Appa? He's my favorite character. <laughs> I I believe Appa might just be CGI created. <laughs> dang it i was hoping they would i don't know get like a buffalo or something and put an arrow on them they might they they just might this is live action so there is a chance i love that though i yep 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 yep. him and momo out here like we need to get like oscar winners to play oppa and momo get like matthew (laughs) mcconaughey or something in a buffalo suit i guess but yes so Prince Zuko in the first few seasons, I wasn't really feeling him. I loved his voice because shout out to Dante Basco. He has one of the best voices in all of voice acting. But y'all already know when he cut that ponytail and he had that shaggy, you know, incognito when he and Iroh were going through like the Earth Kingdom and he was like, my name's Lee, just Lee. It, it, it stirred something within me. So get into it. So plain Zuko is my baby boy, Dallas Lou, which many of you may not know him by name. In my opinion, most widely recognized as the big brother Shuji on Pin15, which is also on Hulu. So if you guys haven't watched Pin15, it's by Anna Conkle and um, Maya Erskine. And it is so funny. Like these are grown women, like in their thirties, they both just had children, which I thought was so cool because they're best friends in real life and they were pregnant at the same time. Anyways, grown women acting like 13 year olds 
in the early 2000s, like dressing like it, like fully talking like they're 13. I just think it's so funny. And everybody around them is like appropriately cast. Like they're actually working with like real 13 year olds. I think it's so funny. But Dallas Lou plays Maya Erskine's older brother in Pen15. He plays Shuji and he is funny. So I like him. He's also more than more recently than Pen15. He is in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is Marvel's newest movie that's out currently. Mm -hmm. Woo woo. Mm -hmm. And he was also in an adaption of Tekken which I thought was also really cool. So he's got Marvel and he's got Tekken under his belt. So go for Dallas Lou. Now, as I end this segment, I also uh, would like to take time um, because everybody always talks about like, why is representation so important? Not everybody, but you, you know the people. So I thought it was worth noting that representation is very important considering that this is an American show that heavily borrows and you know, in some ways might steal, you know, the, the two showrunners are white. So we, we have to make sure that they're doing their due diligence and their research, but this show heavily borrows from Asian culture and society and has based its lore off of primarily Asian countries. So for those of you who may not know, the Fire Nation is based off of East, South, and Southeast Asia, namely Japan and China. And Firebending is based off of the Chinese art of Northern Shaolin Kung Fu. The Water Tribe is based off of the Arctic cultures of the Inuit and the Yupik, and it's based off the Chinese art of Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. If any of you guys watch Sagwa, as a child, that's how I learned about Tai Chi. Yeah, the cats. Yeah, because all the like workers, whenever they had like time off, they were like, I gotta go do my Tai Chi. I gotta like, I gotta clear my mind and just have time to myself. <laughs> so the Earth Kingdom is based mainly off of China, but also its neighboring states. And earth mending is based off the Chinese art of Hunga, as well as the air nomads who are based off of the Tibetan Nepalese culture with references to Shaolin monks and Sri Lankan Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And airbending is also based off of the Chinese art of Bagua. So that's just a little like school lesson for y'all because if you're talking about it's perfectly fine for white people to be running around acting like they airbending and stuff, it is, but it's not. No, not really. <laughs> so that's my segment for Avatar. Very nice. I like it. Now, which of the bending tribes would you be a part of? Were you so, in this world? Knowing my luck, I'd probably be non-bending, but no I took, I took so many classes or not, cl not classes. What am I talking about? I took so many tests, you know, growing up like Buzzfeed quiz and every mm -hmm. single time I got water tribe, but you know, my favorite character is Toph Beifong. And she is the queen of earthbending. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to learn earthbending, but I'm not mad at waterbending. Waterbending is cool. Katara is badass. That, yes. Yes, she is. She, apart from Appa, is my favorite character on the show. She's great. What about you? Which one would you be? I think that I took a quiz once and I also got water, but I feel like not to get into this whole thing, but I'm an air sign. So I feel, Me too. I feel like airbending would be my other potential selection I don't feel like I have the the grit to do earthbending mm -hmm. and I'm not angry enough to be a firebender not that they're all angry but like wow stereotyping out but here they're, they're portrayed as the best because they 
took, you know, they took over. The four nations lived in harmony and then the Fire Nation, the Fire Nation attacked. attacked and- to, to be completely fair, the Northern Shaolin Kung Fu that firebending is based off of is very much like more frenetic movements and very more... it's based in more aggressive styles. Like obviously Tai Chi is very like calm and serene Mm -hmm. and like Northern Shaolin Kung Fu is like bow, 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 bow. Like it's, it's more frenetic. So I totally understand what you're saying. So I get you. But I'm also kind of a spaz. So maybe it would be that one. I don't know. Who knows? You could be like Sokka and get your boomerang. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's my first segment. Sorry. Okay. So moving on second story it's shots 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 everybody not shots of liquor in the arm shots of the covid vaccine so arguably a much better shot for you so u.s vaccinations they are on the rise again they are up because of the surge in the delta variant especially in states with high outbreaks and low vaccination rates which you want to take a guess what these states are Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas. Texas is actually not on there. Really? Oh my God. Like not to like give away my entire life story, but I live in Houston now and we've been going back and forth, like in my, in my news station, just going back and forth about we're now in threat level red. Like the city of Houston is now in threat level red for COVID. So, and we're running out of ICU beds. So that's why I figured that. But anyways, continue. Um, yeah, no, no worries. So this, the CDC said that as of last Sunday, over 800,000 shots were given, like on that one day. So that's, that's huge. Um, the vaccination rate has really tapered off from what its highs were back in April, where we were averaging like 2.5 to 3 million doses every single day. Because at this point, pretty much everyone who is eligible for a shot and who wants one has gotten one. However, there are quite a lot of people out there still who are eligible but are not interested in getting it. And these are the people who are currently the ones kind of fueling this increase in vaccination rates. Um, But the seven-day average of vaccines given has risen 16% to 615,000 shots per day. So, and why the increase now? So the increase is because 97% of COVID hospital admissions and 99.5% of COVID deaths are from unvaccinated people. Wow. 99.5% of deaths. Water is wet. Yeah, but when you look at the number, it's still kind of staggering to think about. Oh, no, absolutely. And I'm not saying that these, um, these deaths are insignificant or unimportant, but you know, it, it makes logical sense that if you're not protecting yourself against a very dangerous virus, that you would be more susceptible to possibly dying from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, but thankfully, because of this, some people are seeing the numbers and they're scared and they're kind of waking up. Um, and all of this data, it includes the two dose Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, as well as the one shot Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Um, like I said, peak vaccination levels were originally back in April, and that was when we were averaging around 3 million doses or so per day. Um, But as of this week, 48 states and DC have seen an increase in average daily first doses given. Um, And across 10 different states with the highest level of average daily new cases per capita, the first doses of the vaccine are also up 46% week over week. So as cases are going up, 
thankfully the vaccine is also going up because we've seen, I don't know about you, Alyssa, but I've seen like a lot of horror stories and stuff on Twitter of like doctors and nurses posting like people on ventilators dying from COVID being like, can I get the vaccine? And they're like, well, no, it's too late now. Like you're yeah. quite literally on your deathbed. So as the cases are going up, thankfully in a lot of states, especially in the really under vaccinated ones, vaccination rates are going up 46%. So the 10 states right now with the highest level of average daily cases are Louisiana, Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi, Missouri, Alabama, Nevada, Oklahoma, Alaska. I already said Arkansas. I was getting my little state abbreviations mixed up. I always forget about Nevada. Yeah. And Georgia. Um, So it's a lot of the South and then a couple of places west interspersed well. that are predominantly republican state i'm not i'm i'm just stating but, just. but the, the correlation is there like there i saw a map and it was like who the states voted for versus the vaccination rate and yeah georgia was actually one of the exceptions where it's an under vaccinated state but it ended up going blue this election georgia so that was one of the exceptions but largely speaking the people who are not getting vaccinated do tend to identify with the republican ideology that's just a correlation. Not all, but not all, not all correlation does not equal causation, but that is, there's Correct. a pattern there. Yes. Um, but it's important to note that Delta is significantly more contagious. I mean, it's just, it's very it's much different. so. And it's the original strain that, you know, set all of this mess into motion it's not like eradicated completely, but the, the Delta variant is what is being transmitted so easily. And unfortunately, even with the vaccines, Delta variant is able to be transmitted by people who are vaccinated to those who are unvaccinated. And of course, unvaccinated people are spreading it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting vaccinated is important because it protects you from contracting it initially and then spreading it further. So it still is important to get vaccinated. Again, it's not 100% effective, but is anything ever 100% effective? I don't believe so. Not even just in the medical field, but like nothing ever works 100% of the time. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, nothing is infallible. So right now, Louisiana is on pace to quadruple vaccination rates over two weeks. So that's definitely a positive. Um, Also, that's worth noting, sorry. Um, Louisiana is normally a predominantly Republican state, but their governor right now is a Democrat. Just, you know, it's worth noting. That's good that they have increased their vaccination rate. I don't want to make too many statements about, you know, where listen, I stand clearly that was here. (laughs) No, also Louisiana has had like, obviously a rough, last 20 years so we, sure. we just want what's best for them is what we're yeah, saying they've, they've been struggling obviously since 05 with hurricane katrina and you know and it's not over kids no definitely not um but there's still problems obviously with vaccine misinformation um they new york times did a very interesting daily episode the, the daily like their podcast they put out every weekday morning um it was like voices of the unvaccinated and they talked to a bunch of people who were talking about why, you know, they decided not to get the vaccine and it was everything from, oh, I'm completely anti-vax to, oh, I'm just generally like a late adopter of everything. Like I still have an iPhone four and a rotary phone in my house. No, not, you know, magic. 
like people are just like slower to catch on to things or they they really don't like to do things until they know for certain or they've mm. known plenty of people who have done it. Um, a lot of people are waiting for full FDA approval because mm-hmm. right now all three vaccines just have emergency authorization from the FDA. So a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to do it until it has full FDA approval. But just for the record, that really doesn't change anything. It would not change like any of the ingredients that go Correct. into the vaccines. It's really just a more official like stamp of approval, but the FDA has done their job. They've heavily reviewed all of these things. They stopped the J&J shot from being administered when there was the very, very minimal risk of blood clots among women. They know what they're doing. I think we got to trust that expert on this one personally. Um, So a lot of people, that's kind of their excuse is they're just waiting on that full authorization approval um, and a bunch of conspiracy theories have kind of been abounding. Obviously, we've heard the jokes about getting implemented with the the microchips like oh because the government's trying to track you not true also you have a cell phone so you're already being tracked hate to tell you that exactly there's um yeah there's there's not much you can do about that it kind of is what what it is at this point um and government distrust right now is really high we're in a time in this country where it's a very partisan very politicized very polarized time in history and a lot of people were unhappy with the 2020 election. A lot of people are unhappy with the 2016 election. So people hate, yep. you know, the other side of the aisle, whichever side they're on. So a lot of people distrust the government. And it doesn't necessarily help anything that the CDC had initially said, oh, if you're unvaccinated or if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks indoors anymore. And they have since changed their stance on that because of the Delta variant. So ever-changing people are like, why are they saying this when it's obviously not the case? It's just, it's been a big mess. Um, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey, she has actually taken a stance on this, and this is important because this is another heavily, heavily Republican state. She said, it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down. All right, Kay. To which I say bravo, yes. because that's a fact. I mean, the, all of the death counts, 99.5% of them are from unvaccinated people. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is at this point. The data doesn't lie there. Um, and there's been a lot of additional pressure to get vaccinated that's coming from not only governments at the state and local and federal level, but businesses too. A lot of businesses have decided, yeah, you want to come back? You got to get a vaccine if you want to come back into the office. Um, yep. Many employers, including Facebook and Google, are among the first to publicly announce that they're requiring all workers to get vaccinated before they return to work in person. Um, Along with the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, that's also requiring vaccinations for its healthcare personnel who work in the health admissions area. Um, President Biden has also said that he is requiring federal workers to prove their vaccine status or they have to submit to weekly or twice weekly testing. So would save you a lot of time and pain and no sticks if you just go get a vaccine if you work in any of those fields so yeah and president biden additionally has called on state and local governments to give a hundred dollar prizes to those who get vaccinated i would like to wonder if this is something we could get paid for retroactively because Alyssa and i have been fully vaxxed for months now and i think you know a hundred dollars would go to my coffee fund i would enjoy having that Mm -hmm would go to my album fund, so. 
I'm not making an album. I'm collecting them just to be clear. We all have our things. Um, and, you know, the CDC, obviously, with the ever-developing information on the vaccines and the COVID cases and the Delta variant, a lot of people are frustrated with the CDC and distrusting them because they kind of change their stance on wearing masks indoors, even if you are vaccinated. So Stanley just really wants the vaccine to be made available to pets so he can be doubly safe. That, that's... <laughs> Hopefully soon, Stanley. Hopefully soon they'll get it to you. I'm sorry. He is so loud today. Go. No, all good. (laughs) Quick update on kind of making vaccines mandatory. So I don't know if, if Alyssa, if you know this, but recently the university or excuse me, Indiana University has made it mandatory for all of their students to get vaccinated because they don't want an outbreak on their campus. Is that the Hoosiers? That is the Hoosiers. Good job. Yes. Yay! Your big 10 schools. Um, and some of the Indiana University students decided this is not constitutional. We are taking this to the Supreme Court. So they filed a fast track appeal on IU's vaccine mandate. And with fast track appeals, they go to whatever judge on the Supreme Court bench covers that circuit. So this is, I believe, the Seventh Circuit of the U.S. Court of Appeals. And that is Justice Amy Comey Barrett's territory. That's what she Oh. Don't worry. I'm getting there. Okay. So she received this fast-track appeal from the IU students about how the vaccine mandate, you know, shouldn't be a thing, how it's not constitutional, it's against personal freedom, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she had some options. She could have either brought it into the rest of the bench so they could kind of give their opinions on it, or she could have gone back to Indiana University and been like, okay, we have this side from the students. What's your side on this? Yes. Uh, she didn't do any of those things. She just straight up denied the appeal. Oh. Upholding the vaccine mandate for Indiana University. Okay, so, Amy. Yeah, I know you were shocked to hear that because- I was. Again, historically, Amy Comey Barrett, is known to be very conservative and she was appointed by former president donald trump again very conservative so and we know that a lot of the people who are against vaccine mandates or vaccinations in general are from the right and i also would just like to say i don't like personally speaking i do not hate her just because she is like branded republican her personal views just do not align with mine. And that is perfectly fine because that happens a lot in this world. Yes, absolutely. Just want to put Um, that out there. With that appeal being denied so quickly by a very conservative judge over her home territory, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty strong statement. Like it It seems to be, she's setting the precedent that vaccine mandates are constitutional. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what it seems to me, at least. I mean, obviously, if there are any sort of court cases that come up where the whole bench gonna, is going to end up reviewing vaccine mandates or anything similar to that, we'll let you guys know. Um, but right now, that's, that's kind of the only one that the court has heard, and they are okay with it. So, yeah, we will see what happens. Hopefully, vaccination rates will continue to rise. Um, in the next couple of days, President Biden is expected to announce that people who are fully vaccinated should probably get a third shot, a COVID booster shot. 
eight months after they initially got vaccinated. Now, I don't know if this is eight months from your first dose or eight months from your second dose. That'll be a developing story, but that is what I've heard as of the last couple of days. But PSA to please, 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 if you have not already, please go get your vaccine. It is free. It is probably the only time in our lifetime a vaccine or literally anything in healthcare will be free in the U.S. of A. Because healthcare is not Because we know how we feel about the healthcare system in in this country. If people are worried about the side effects, everyone has a different experience with it. Some people have really bad side effects. Some people have no side effects. You really just have to go into it and go in with a positive mindset. And if you have to take off time or if you just need to be bedridden for a day, just let yourself do it. It happens. It's okay. And obviously we, people are scared of the long-term effects of the vaccine, but you should also potentially be scared of the long-term effects of COVID because we don't know Mm -hmm. those either. This is a new virus. We don't know. We don't have 10 years of data of how this is going to affect people down the road once they've had it. Yes. Obviously we don't have that on the vaccine either. But guess what? If you get COVID and it kills you, you're not going to make it to the long term. So mm-hmm. not to be morbid, but let's focus on the here and now. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's take care of each other. And this is a great way to do it. Yes. That's what I've got on that. Yay. I'm sorry. I'm texting my friend, George. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, George. Get George. My cat has decided that we're no longer friends today and he wants to sabotage everything that I do today. And that involves. Okay. So now Annabelle, um, I would like to direct you to the one file document we have on our shared drive. If you would please, Mm -hmm. because it is essential for my next story, which is the MTV video music awards. Nominations came out last week and the show will be taking place on September 12th, which is uh, the love of my life's birthday. So they better freaking win something. I'd be fine with just one, one award. It's fine. It's fine. But I have a full list here. If you'll see um, everything that I've marked in yellow is what I believe to um, be the grand winner of the category and everything in purple is BTS related. (laughs) Why did you pick purple? Purple's our color. I see. Gotcha. We, there's literally like, I don't know. Oh, it comes from, it comes from Tae Young. He like once said, I purple you because purple is the last color in the rainbow. And so he thinks that if he says, I purple you, that means he will love you for a very, very long time because it's exactly. So purple is army. The most nominations we have this year at the video music awards, surprisingly enough, I did not think it was going to go this way but justin bieber oh my god really i know right like no no shade to justin bieber i'm not his biggest fan in this world but also i feel that especially lately you know disregarding stay which just came out i love that song um but i yeah i feel like a lot of his recent stuff has kind of like flew under the radar Mm -hmm. um so I was surprised to see him um, featured so heavily in the nominations. Also, following up with the second most nominations at six is my wife, Megan the Stallion. Woo-hoo. Oh. That one I could have predicted just because I feel like every song she puts out goes viral on TikTok. So, uh huh. It's the star maker quality. 
So we're going to start off in the most important category, which is video of the year. And the nominees are as follows. Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion, WAP. DJ Khaled featuring Drake, Popstar, starring Justin Bieber. Doja Cat featuring SZA, Kiss Me More. Ed Sheeran, Bad Habits. Lil Nas X, Montero, aka Call Me By Your Name. And The Weeknd, Save Your Tears. Annabelle, who do you think is taking this category? I don't know. I have the, really the only video, I don't watch a lot of music videos unless they're like groundbreaking, which the WAP one was. I was about to say, you better watch forward. So I watched that one when it came out and that was fabulous um, in kind of a jarring way. So <laughs> I will go with that one. What do you think? I am also betting on WAP because just the art direction and like you said, the viral quality of it, I, I think it's a, it's a winner. It's mm-hmm. a real winner. Next, we have Artists of the Year. The nominees are as follows. Ariana Grande, Doja Cat, Justin Bieber, Megan Thee Stallion, Olivia Rodrigo, and Taylor Swift. Annabelle. So my favorite of these is Ariana Grande. um, And she obviously put out her Positions album, which in my opinion was not the best of her albums, but it was still pretty good content. Mm -hmm. These are all very worthy artists i love how there's only one man yeah and which i will is be justin ticked. bieber and i will be ticked if he is the one who wins out of all these wonderful female artists yes um hot take here i'm actually gonna go with taylor swift because she had oh. ever i know she had folklore and evermore and i think she just like wrecked everybody when that came out and full disclosure i'm not even a big taylor swift fan no she is not like this is I'm like, not a hater, but I don't, I don't know. I just like, don't this is, this, resonate. This with a is a historic moment where Annabelle picks Taylor Swift over Ariana Grande. I know. So not, not with the love in my heart, but with the brain in my head, I think she will win. That is fair. This was a really hard category for me. Um, obviously Megan the Stallion is my favorite out of all of these lovely people, but I do agree with you that Taylor Swift is, it is a very big contender, but I also like, I'm going to go with Ariana Grande on this because I feel that she got enough press mm-hmm. with positions. Like yeah. obviously you're a super fan and you feel that it was not her best album. It was good, but it was not her best. I feel that it was one of her better albums. And sure. I, you know, the, um, the traction she got with the 3435 remix with Doja Cat and Meg Thee Stallion, who are both already included in this category. I think it's got a good chance. So I like it. I mean, with my heart, I hope you are correct. But we'll <laughs> yes. So next we have Song of the Year. And the nominees are 24 Karat Golden featuring Ian Dior, Mood. Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack as Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open. BTS, Dynamite. Cardi B featuring Meg Thee Stallion, WAP. Dua Lipa, Levitating. And Olivia Rodrigo, Driver's License. Now, Annabelle? Good Lord, I hope it is not levitating. <laughs> That song gets stuck in my head so easily. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Um, I see what you've highlighted here for obvious reasons. Um, I'm actually going to go driver's license on this one. I think Olivia Rodrigo made a massive splash. I think Gen Z absolutely loves her. She's accomplished a lot at a very early age. And I appreciate that she went to the White House to promote vaccination rates. Heck yeah. And also her suit was absolutely adorable. I loved it. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that one. 
this was also a very hard category for me. Um, it, because any category that BTS is featured in, I'm picking them. I'm just going to let that be known. But I do want to say that I feel that Silk Sonic Leave the Door Open has a very good chance because it went like crazy viral when it first was released. But also I agree with Annabelle in saying that driver's license like took the world by storm. So it was very hard for me to choose. But once again, if BTS is in the category, I'm nominating them because also dynamite, the amount of times that I've seen dynamite featured in like promos, like commercials for shows, like it was featured in almost every single like a big award show promo for this past year. Like it was featured like promoing the Academy Awards, Mm -hmm. which I think is like insane. And it got them their first uh, number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So obviously it's, you know, it's not just like "Eh, crazy fans, like people like this song. So I'm going with Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Next we have Best New Artist. We have 24 Karat Golden, Giveon, The Kid Leroy, The Kid Leroy, sorry, Olivia Rodrigo, Polo G, and Sweetie. Um, yeah, I think this will be an easy one for Orod here. I agree. Um, not to say that any of these people are not um, lovely individuals and talented, but I don't know who half of them are. Uh, Sweetie has a meal oh. at McDonald's. Oh, oh, no, no, no. We know who Sweetie is. I was referring to Giveon, the Kid Leroy, and Polo G. I don't know who any of those three are. I love Sweetie. I think she's great. I'm so excited that she's getting more like traction and whatnot and a meal at McDonald's. 24 Karat Golden, obviously, I know from Mood, but yeah, I, I think it's really not worth competing. I think Olivia Rodrigo got this one. I agree. Next, we have push performance of the year, which I believe is like in reference to like social media, like how many times it was pushed um, on social media. So the category or nominees are as follows. Wallows, Are You Bored Yet? Ash Nico, Daisy, St. John, Gorgeous, 24 Karat Golden, Coco, JC Stewart, Break My Heart, Lotto, Sex Lies, Madison Beer, Selfish, The Kid Leroy, Without You, Olivia Rodrigo, driver's license, girl in red, serotonin, Fouché, my slime, and J- Jordan Jexton, J- JXDN. Think about me. Too many people in this category, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a fat one. <laughs> um, I think Olivia Rodrigo is going to clean up at this award ceremony. I mean, the, the VMAs, generally speaking, have a younger audience anyway. So I yes. think that'll really work in her favor. And I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm just gonna say that Olivia Rodrigo had the most viral song. Of absolutely, all time. no, she she absolutely did. And I, mean, I think TikTok single, even if you disregard every other form of social media, I think TikTok. No, but yeah, absolutely. License over the top. Yes, and once again, I don't know who half of these people are, and even for the people that I do recognize, I don't know their songs. Like I know who Ash Nico is, but I've never heard the song Daisy. I haven't either. Um, I know who Madison Beer is. I don't really listen to her music. Nothing against her. I just don't. I love Are You Word Yet by Wallows, but I didn't know it was considered like a not viral, but you know, like pushed a lot on social media because I haven't seen it pushed. So, mm-hmm. so yes, I agree. Olivia Rodrigo is taking this um, category. Next, we have Best Collaboration. Nominees are 24 Karat Golden featuring Ian Dior, Mood, Cardi B featuring Meg The Stallion, WAP, Doja Cat featuring SZA, Kiss Me More. Drake featuring Lil Durk, Laugh Now, Cry Later. Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Gibeon, Peaches, 
Miley Cyrus featuring Dua Lipa, Prisoner. Um, I know most of these songs. I laugh now, cry later, listen to I was going to pick this one because it was Drake, but I love this song. This is like Drake, in my opinion, like I love him. I like his older stuff a little bit more than his newer stuff. In the last couple of years, I haven't been as infatuated with the stuff he's put out, but I do really like this collab with Lil Durk. So I'm going to pick this one. Okay. So this one was a hard one, as you can see from my document. Um, it's between WAP and mood for me, just because uh, like every time I look on like Spotify's like top hits, mood is up there. And it is very, it's a very addicting song. Like I catch myself always in the corner, like, why are you always in a mood? (laughs) And I know every single word to WAP. So me too. Yeah. Um, so it's between those two for me. Most of the categories I tried to single it down to just one winner, but in some I did, you know, put a little less into and more. Sure. So next we have best pop performance. The categories are why do I keep saying the categories are the nominees are Ariana Grande, positions, Billie Eilish, therefore I am, BTS, butter, Harry Styles, treat people with kindness, Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Gibeon, Peaches. Olivia Rodrigo, good for you. Sean Mendez, Wonder, and Taylor Swift, Willow. These are all pretty good options. Um, yes. I mean, positions, in my opinion, is just like a really good classic pop song where it kind of hits everything you want in a yes. pop song and it just it slaps. And that's personally one of my favorite songs on the album positions. So I will go with that one. Okay. So this one, once again, I highlighted BTS because I love butter, but I will say as much as I love butter, I don't love it as much as dynamite controversial opinion, but among, well, among I, that track. So I kind of agree with you. Like, I love it, but there's something about it. Like I it's, it's not the lyrics. It's just the way that they flow to the beat. I wasn't the biggest fan of, um, but also I feel like Billie Eilish, therefore I am, has a really good chance of winning. I, a good song. I don't consider Willow by Taylor Swift a pop song. I don't either. That's why I was confused. Like obviously yeah. Taylor is a big artist in pop now, but yeah, I don't consider that a pop song either. So yes, it's, it's hard for me to say that Willow's going to take it because I don't consider it a pop performance. So for this one, I'm going to say Billie Eilish or BTS. Next, we have Best Hip Hop Performance. The nominees are Cardi B featuring Meg Stallion, WAP, Drake featuring Lil Durk, Laugh Now, Cry Later, Lil Baby featuring Meg Stallion, On Me Remix, Moneybag Yo, Said Something, Polo G, Rap Star, Travis Scott featuring Young Thug, and MIA Franchise. Yeah, I think WAP will take this one. Um, I love both WAP and Laugh Now, Cry Later, but I, I think WAP probably, we love a hip hop female duo, so yes. I'm gonna go with that. We do. We, I, I, y- y'all already know it's WAP for me. Next, we have best rock performance. The nominees are Evanescence, Use My Voice, Foo Fighters, Shame, Shame, John Mayer, Last Train Home, The Killers, My Own Soul's Warning, Kings of Leon, The Bandit, and Lenny Kravitz, Raise Vibration. I've actually not listened to any of these songs. I don't listen to a lot of modern rock, um, some classic rock, but I, I don't know any of these current songs by these artists. Um, but of these bands, I would probably say I listen to 
the killers the most so i'll go with them all right my own soul's warning i went with kings of leon uh just because um when i was growing up in high school i would drive this girl that was like one year or two years younger than me to school and she was a big kings of leon fan so i was just going to give a little shout out to her so mm-hmm. pick her um because i also don't listen to a lot of modern rock as well all right best alternative we have bleachers stop making this hurt glass animals heat waves imagine dragons follow you machine gun kelly featuring black bear my ex's best friend 21 pilots shy away and willow featuring travis barker transparent soul Hi, Stan. I really like that Glass Animals song. I do as well. It's it's currently on my monthly playlist, so. (laughs) Mine too. So I'm going to go with them, but I also want to give a shout out to Machine Gun Kelly featuring Black Bear, my ex's best friend, because it is also on my monthly playlist for um, August. And I like Black Bear a lot. Like, I love his short king anthem, like, I'm five foot seven and my bills all paid. I love that. So, and I, I love short Kings, um, not to tell too much about myself, but I do love a short King. She does. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Next we go to best Latin nominees are bad bunny and Jay Cortez, Dakiti, Billie Eilish and Rosalia Lovas al olvidar black eyed peas and Shakira girl like me, Balvin, Dua Lipa, bad bunny, and Taney Undi one day, Carol G Bijota, Bichota, Bijota. Quixote, I think. Quixote. Sorry. Quixote. Annabelle speaks Spanish. I do not, which I'm not is... familiar with that word. I've never seen that. I'll look it up in a second. And Maluma, Hawaii. Um, I am not super familiar with any of these songs, but I'll give the edge to Billie Eilish here. She's, she's not Latin American. Is she's she? not. She's very white. That's what I thought. Yeah. So she just dabbled a little bit in Latin American music. Yeah, for a collab, you know. Mm-hmm. I also have uh, Billie Eilish and Roselia. I know very little about Roselia, but everything that I do know, I really like. So I'm hoping the best for her. But I do think, you know, Bad Bunny obviously has a really good chance at it too, because I feel like Bad Bunny and Roselia are two of the biggest names in Latin um, Latin music right now. Yeah, definitely. So. Next, we have Best R&B Performance. Nominees are Beyonce, Blue Ivy, St. John, Wizkid, Brown Skin Girl. Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, as Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open. Chris Brown and Young Thug, Go Crazy. Gibeon, Heartbreak Anniversary. Her featuring Chris Brown, Come Through. And SZA, Good Days. I'll go with Beyonce on this because I feel like it's hard to bet against Queen B. Um, but I will go on the record and say I am not in favor of Chris Brown winning any public recognition or awards. Correct. He's not a good person, so... I agree. I don't want Chris Brown anywhere near any recognition. I still give it to Silk Sonic because leave the door open. It's a bop. It's so good. I, I'm honestly, what are you doing? <laughs> where are you at? Don't say that. I'm also like, I'm kind of mad at Silk Sonic because they literally dropped one song and like, we're like, all right, bye. I'm going to go work on more stuff. And I'm like, why didn't you debut with a whole album like what happened or like teaser for you right like or an ep like i'd be perfectly fine with like five or six really good songs so i'm just looking forward to what they have left if not leave the door open i could see it going to good days by sizza it's a great yeah that was i was between that one and beyonce yeah i think sizza is a good good inside shot here as well yeah 
obviously brown skin girl i also want to root for because it has a great message too but those are probably my three top ones all right now we're going to get into a category that annabelle knows nothing about this Correct. is this is best k-pop performance we have g idol dumdi dumdi blackpink and selena gomez ice cream bts butter monster x gambler 17 ready to love and twice alcohol free I'll go with your boys here. So fun fact, I, I stand five K-pop groups. That's it. Five. Um, and four of them are represented in this category. Nice. So I love Blackpink. I love BTS. I love 17 and I love twice. Now I love 17 and twice, but I feel that both of those groups have not been able to make it into the American market yet, which mm-hmm. I would like to say does not constitute success in any regard. No, but But this is an American award show. Exactly. You understand me. Um, But I would like to encourage anyone, if you like good music, go check out twice and good, go check out 17. 17 has 13 beautiful men and twice has nine beautiful women in it. And they're all talented and they're all fantastic. So go check them out now. Blackpink and Selena Gomez ice cream, very viral hit. Like this song was everywhere. Um, also featured in a lot of promos and commercials that I've seen around even right now. Like this song came out like a year ago and it's still being featured in a lot of commercials and whatnot. So I think it has a chance of winning, but y'all know that I stick with my boys no matter what. So I also have it for BTS. So either Blackpink or BTS and nothing against G Idol or Monster X. I just don't listen to their stuff yet you know maybe i'll dabble in the future but you know monster x also it suffers from the lack of wanho and if y'all know what i'm talking about y'all know what i'm talking about there used to be a man in monster x named wanho and he is the most beautiful man in the entire world he's like legit captain america size like big ass shoulders and tiny little waist but he acts like a child like he's so innocent and sweet so ever since Wanho left Monster X, it's like, oh no. <laughs> so that's my opinion on that. Uh, okay, so next we have video for good. So like video with a message. Nominees are Billie Eilish, Your Power, Demi Lovato, Dancing with the Devil, Her, Fight for You, Kane Brown, Worldwide Beautiful, Lil Nas X, Montero, aka Called Me By Your Name, and Pharrell Williams featuring Jay-Z, Entrepreneur. I... We talked about Call Me By Your Name on this podcast, and it's iconic. I am going to go with Demi Lovato here, though, Dancing With The Devil, because I think that's that's probably an important video for mental health. So as much as I love Montero, I did not go with him for this category. I went with her because this song actually won... Won an Oscar, didn't it? It did. As far let me let me check back myself just to make sure. Or it was nominated. I remember it was nominated. It was definitely nominated. Yes, it won Academy Award for Best Original Song. So how can you beat out them odds? But also, you know, just because you win an Academy Award doesn't necessarily mean you're successful. But I do really like the song and I like the video. So mm-hmm. next we have Best Direction. Nominees are Billie Eilish, Your Power, DJ Khaled featuring Drake, Pop Star starring Justin Bieber. Lil Nas X, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, Taylor Swift, Willow, Travis Scott, featuring Young Thug and M.I.A., Franchise, and Tyler's the Creator, Lumberjack. I'll go Montero here. Okay. I I am going with Willow just because 
the music video for Willow was very fantastical and it like it legit felt like a short film for me. Like it was very well done. So next we have best cinematography. Nominees are Beyonce, Blue Ivy, St. John, Wizkid, Brown Skin Girl, Billie Eilish, Therefore I Am, Foo Fighters, Shame Shame, Justin Bieber featuring Chance the Rapper, Holy, Lady Gaga, 911, and Lord Solar Power. Hmm. Everyone on Twitter is like, when is Lord going to drop that album? I mean, do you blame them? No, but she had her whole ass out on the single cover. I'll pick her for the memes. I really like the Solar Power song, but this one I'm going with Brown Skin Girl indefinitely. Definitively, not indefinitely. I'm stupid. All right. Best Art Direction. Beyonce, Shadawale, Major Lazer, Already. Ed Sheeran, Bad Habits. Lady Gaga, 911. Lil Nas X, Montero, aka Call Me By Your Name. Aunt Sweetie, featuring Doja Cat, Best Friend, and Taylor Swift, Willow. Um, I'll go Montero again on this one. I'm between Montero and Best Friend. Best Friend was just really like visually appealing to me but also the art direction in Montero called me by your name which it's the category is best art direction it just was really beautiful and really interesting I liked what he did with the idea best visual effects we have Bella Porch build a bitch <laughs> Coldplay higher power Doja Cat in the weekend you right glass animals tangerine Lil Nas X Montero call me by your name and pink all I know so far I don't want to pick Montero for a third category. You see what I'm saying? It was hard. I guess I'll go Glass Animals here, Tangerine. I'm going Lil Nas X definitively for Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Best Choreography, Ariana Grande, 3435. BTS, Butter. Ed Sheeran, Bad Habits. Foo Fighters, Shame Shame. Harry Styles, Treat People With Kindness. Marshmallow and Halsey, Be Kind. 3435. That's my pick. Um, you can't beat BTS's choreography. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> can't. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Um, so I'm going with them. What and we'll get into it in this next category, but I hope our friend Hannah isn't angry at me. Um, best editing is the last category, and we have Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack as Silk Sonic, leave the door open, BTS butter. Drake, What's Next, Harry Styles, Treat People with Kindness, Justin Bieber featuring Daniel Caesar and Givian, Peaches, and Miley Cyrus featuring Dua Lipa, Prisoner. Mm. I'll go Harry here. I also went Harry here, even though Butter's right there. I was like, Hannah's going to hate me if I don't pick Harry for one category. And honestly, I watched the Treat People with Kindness video, and I did like how the editing went. And what really sucks for Harry and for Hannah is every category that Harry was nominated in at the VMAs, BTS was as well. So it was wow. it was difficult for me. Yeah, absolutely. But those are our picks for the VMAs. Please make sure you tune in on September 12th. Once again, that's my husband's birthday. So make sure you pay him respects as well. And they better mm-hmm. win something because how dare you disrespect my man on his birthday. But that is all I got for this week. Woohoo. That was all I got for this week too. Do you have your smile 
section this week? Yes, Smile File. Uh, Rumors featuring Cardi B by Lizzo just got released on Friday, and I already know most of the words. Made me feel great inside. Like I told Annabelle, my favorite line in the whole damn song is, last time I got freaky, the FCC sued me. But it's so good. good. (laughs) The, The horn riff in the middle of it, I'm really excited because in the middle of the song Lizzo does make reference to working on her music so I hope that that means that an album is soon to follow the release of this single but yeah that's what I'm excited about this week what about you babe uh mine's a little bit more personal um and I don't want to share all the details but I'll just say I am currently in a relationship with a man's much to Alyssa's chagrin and (laughs) It's going quite well. So I'll just say that. Um, yeah, if you're listening, big, big heart. Sappy bitch. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. Also, if you're listening, I know we haven't met yet, but I love you as well. And I want that to be known. We're best friends now. Get into it. You have no other choice. Alyssa will bully you into friendship. <laughs> I know, literally, I will. <laughs> but you'll love it. We'll be best friends coordinating outfits and everything it's gonna be great he's gonna oh, run you should see his shoe game you would love it oh my god yeah literally when I was moving into my new apartment my mom just casually looks at me and she's like you have more shoes than I do and I was like yeah can I help you, you- jealousy is a disease <laughs> but yes that is it for me this week um anything else to add Annabelle nope go get your vaccine if you have not already snaps to that All right, guys, we hope to talk to you next week about more things. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Yes, we will get on a more consistent schedule. Eventually. Yes, we will. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.